0: So we're Nathan and Charity Alpert, and we lead UGO Ministries down in Mexico. But most of all, we're just normal people from right here in the river region, born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama. When we first started off with Yugo down in Mexico, we had an orphanage. And CenterPoint's been um, partnering with that orphanage, Grace Babies Home and Grace Children's Home, for a lot of years. We met Armando there, and we just immediately fell in love with him. And we just believe that we as Christians, the greatest example of the gospel that's available to us is adoption, and we wanted to demonstrate that because we believe that God adopted us. This all started back in 2010, actually 12 years ago, when a little Biddy Armando was uh, introduced to us and we began the journey of trying to adopt him as Mexican citizens. completely failed in that epic fail. Uh, We kept persevering. We decided to adopt him internationally through now four changes of Mexican presidents and four changes of the entire Mexican social services. Um, COVID hit every single problem that could come along the way. We just kept persevering and it's actually been an amazing 12-year run. He's 17 years old now. A time that we almost gave up was in the wake of multiple changes in the Mexican government and multiple times having to start over the paperwork. And then when COVID hit and we were told that the courts were gonna close down for almost a year, we realized that we had a young man that was on the verge of becoming institutionalized, on the verge of aging out of the adoption process. And now we would be waiting one to two years with basically no move forward in the adoption. I tell you, we quit in our minds many, many Mm -hmm. times. It was actually our deep commitment to this process and to that child and to what God had called us to do that kept us going. But I cannot tell you how many times in our minds we said, okay, we gotta give up.
1: He had so many people come in and out of his life. He had only known abandonment, right? And so um, we did not want that to happen again. Um, We wanted, we told him, we said, look, We've been told that this is a very lengthy process. We don't know when we're going to be able to fully adopt you, but we're committed to you for your life. So he is officially an Alpert now. He is, he is adopted.
0: John, what God has taught me through this is that His timing is not our timing. He calls us to something. Our job is to persevere and to do it and to not tell Him when He's supposed to deliver. I've learned that no matter how long it takes, our job is to keep obeying. At the bottom of my stairs, every day I see this sign. It says, trust and obey. And it has a picture of Armando. And God has taught me to trust him and obey what he's told me to do.
1: I think that what I've learned looking back was what I, um, what you can take from the process. Mm. So what is God teaching me right now through this next frustration? Not looking at the end result. It is, um, What is God teaching me now?
0: It's amazing the love that God has given us for Armando. Mm -hmm. We can truly say that it was love at first sight. He gave us a supernatural love for him. Even though it's taken time for Armando to learn to love us, we loved him immediately. And we believe that that's a gift from God.
1: Well, you can applaud that, but I want to show you one other picture here. Um, this happened Tuesday night. Uh, Armando actually got, it was funny. We filmed that video a few weeks back after he'd gotten approval to be adopted and, and that was happening. But they said they were still waiting on a visa for him to come to the United States Tuesday night. He arrived at the airport in Montgomery. Yeah. And so, I mean, this was a 12 year. Journey. Today, I want to talk with you. The reason we showed that video is, and the reason we recorded it is because today I want to talk with you about the importance of endurance. Last week, uh, in the first part of this series on reset, it's a two-part series. I, I wanted to remind us we still have half the year left, and if we haven't gotten started on the things God wants us to do, we need to get going. Well, this week I want to remind us we have half the year left, and. We may have started on some, we need to keep going because the Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. And today I want to talk with you. and give you just a few verses on what the Bible has to say about endurance because the Bible is chock full of verses on this. You're going to be greatly encouraged. I don't know how I find you coming in today. Some of you, you needed to hear that today. Because you've been working hard at something. You've been praying about something for a long time. They prayed and waited for 12 years. From the time that boy was five till he was 17. I mean, this is something. And if you ask them, God was the one who gave him the strength. And I'm going to pray that today God will encourage us so we won't give up on the good things he has for us to do. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, today we just come before you and we ask that you would give us the strength to complete the good things you have for us to do this year. Some of the good things you have for us, Lord, are things that we're starting this year and we may not see the completion of it for 12 years. But Lord, I'm glad that the Alperts hung in there. I'm glad that Armando's here. Thank you, Lord. Remind us, Lord, that uh, you don't always work in our timetable. And teach us some things we need to know about endurance today. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Please move me out of the way, Lord, and say whatever you want said. Amen. Well, point A on your outline, and those of, you, those of you who are joining us online, I want to remind you that you can go to centeringlives.com and download an outline there. Uh, But God has good things for us to accomplish this year. It's what we started out with last week. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says this, that we are God's masterpiece and he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. From before the foundation of the world, God has planned good things for you and me to do. Now, I want you to be encouraged by that. Last week, we talked about how important it is to spend time with him and listen to him and pray for direction on that so we'll know what they are. Well, this week, we're going to pray that as we're following in, following through on those things, that God will give us the strength to stay with it. But God has good things planned for you and me. If that's good news for you this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Hmm. And he has good things planned for us as a church, too. Listen to Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body. We all belong to each other in his grace. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so when he's calling you to be a part of something and me to be a part of something, when all that works together, he increases the reach of our church in many different directions all at one time. And it's important for us as a church to keep going and not to quit when God gives us clear direction on things. So that brings us to point B doing the good things that God has planned for us in 2022 will require endurance. Endurance. Now, the definition of endurance is this it's the ability or strength to continue despite difficulty, fatigue, stress, failure, or opposition. It's perseverance. Man, every one of those things sounds terrible. (laughs) Sounds like I want to quit. I mean, you don't get the idea that being a Christian, if we're commanded to endure, and you'll see all these verses here, you don't get the idea that being a Christian is a couch potato or it's something easy. In fact, in Hebrews 12, 1, the writer of Hebrews says this, therefore, since we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us we have a race to run. And when you're running the race, it's important just not to quit. Um, I don't come before you as a long distance runner. I don't. Uh, that sounds terrible to me. Okay. Uh, but I have had to endure in ministry for a long time. I mean, for, I've been in ministry for 35 years. And I remember talking to a, a, a young minister recently who'd just gotten out of seminary last year and We were talking about how things were going. He goes, man, I don't know if I'm really called to ministry or not. I said, well, why not? And he goes, because it's really hard. And I went, you were called. (laughs) I mean, you're normal. This This is hard. He said, well, John, when you start getting involved in ministry, I mean, man, people have problems and leaders have problems. And I have problems. And how does it all fit together? I go, well, that's called prayer. It's called trusting in God because he's working on all of us at the same time and he loves us and he's patient with us and he's kind and he'll direct us the right way to go. And if that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? amen. Yeah. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a blessing. If we don't give up, please underline if we don't give up. If we don't give up, Hmm. This is important for three good reasons here. I want to give you three reasons why this is important. Some of the good things that God has planned for us to do this year may be much more difficult to accomplish than we expected. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes we start out with good intentions. Hey, I'm going to do this, Lord. Yep, you can count on me. I mean, Jesus told us there would be times in our life that are going to be hard. John 16, 33, here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he goes to the cross. He knows he's going to send to heaven. He knows that his heavenly father is going to send the Holy Spirit to them to empower them so they will have the desire and the power to do what pleases, uh, pleases the Lord. But he said, look. I just want to tell you all, in this world, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. This isn't going to be easy. If anybody's ever told you, hey, if you come to Christ, you'll never have a problem again, that's not true. In fact, when I want to live out my Christian faith in a world where that is going the opposite way from him, I'm going to run into many trials and sorrows. We live in a fallen world. And some things are hard. I mean, here's a proverb that explains one dimension of that. Proverbs 18, 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Anybody found that to be true? Oh, yeah. So you go, hey, I'm just going to bring these two people together and, you know, it'll be no problem. We'll just sit down and talk it out over lunch. And then you get them together and you go, that was a nuclear explosion. That was the worst idea I ever had. They won't even meet. They can't even talk. And if I really wanna be involved in reconciling some people sometimes, this might be a multi-year process. If I'm gonna help somebody overcome an addiction, that's not a one-time meeting. If I'm gonna help a married couple work through their finances, that's not gonna be something quick and easy either. I mean, when we get into problems in life, real life is complicated. I haven't even talked about raising teenagers yet. It's complicated. Dating is complicated. All kinds of problems in life take a lot of time to sort through. And sometimes it's just difficult. I remember the first house that. Debbie and I owned, I thought, man, there was some, we pulled up some carpet that we didn't like. They were hardwood floors, but they needed to be sanded. And I was going to go rent a sander and get that done one weekend. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a month later, okay. Or something like that. We finally had it finished and oh my goodness, it was way more complicated than I ever thought. What's the way it can be. Sometimes when we follow the Lord, we're following what he wants us to do. It can still be complicated. So don't get discouraged and give up. Sometimes we didn't know all that was in it and God's going to teach us things as we go through it. A second reason that why we need to endure is because some of the good things that God has planned for us to do this year may cause us to face opposition or suffer pain. I mean, it's not only that some things are going to be difficult. Sometimes when we're trying to do the right thing, people are going to oppose us. I and mean, they'll just say, no, I'm not going to let you do that. Even though it's something that God calls us to do. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 4. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Jesus was opposed by the religious leaders of his day. Jesus, the son of God, wasn't religious enough for them. I mean, he was misunderstood by everybody. Hmm. These trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you'll have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder or stealing or making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. But it's no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. I mean, this is Peter writing this. And Peter knew what he was talking about. He had followed Jesus. And when he was telling people there was forgiveness of their sins, there were people who wouldn't accept that. In the discussion questions for the Connect Group this this week, on question three, I made a list of different people who suffered for doing exactly what God wanted them to do in the Bible. Elijah was a prophet who followed God's instructions completely. And in 1 Kings 19 a wicked queen by the name of Jezebel is trying to kill him because he did exactly what God wanted him to do. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was obedient to God. And yet when she and Joseph presented baby Jesus at the temple, you remember Simeon was led by God to be there and he prophesied to her. He said, this child was gonna bring salvation to the world. But he said, there's going to be a sword that pierces your very heart. I mean, Mary's heart was broken when she watched Jesus die on that cross. You go down to Paul there, and in 2 Corinthians 11, let me read you a couple of verses there that I have. They're not in your outline, but just listen to this. When Paul was talking about how much he had to suffer, he said, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's with rocks. That's taken on different meaning these days. Okay, but anyway. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled out many. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty, and I've often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then, besides all this, I have. The The daily burden of concern for all the churches, how they're doing. I mean, you thought you had it rough. This is the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. And he said, hey, look, I want to encourage you. I mean, the reason he went through all this, he was telling people this is part of his life. And when you and I follow the Lord, we can expect opposition at times. And I want to remind us why that would be And Peter, the same guy who told us not to be surprised also wrote this in first Peter five, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy or adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that the, your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And now we're back to talking about business again, that it's not strange. If you and I are gonna follow Christ, there are people that are going the opposite direction and they're not gonna like it. And the devil will make sure that you and I meet some of them. So today, if you've been seeking the Lord and man, you have run into people. I mean, remember we said about endurance. Endurance is to continue going despite difficulty, fatigue, stress, failure, opposition, or perseverance. I mean, This is what the devil would love to have us do. He'd love to have us quit. I mean, you got to think of it like going, following God's will is like going down the middle of the road and on either side is a ditch. On one side is what we talked about last week, where I'm just never going to get going. I never start. So I never accomplish what God wanted me to do. On the other side is I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. And the devil doesn't care which ditch he gets us in, as long as we're not doing what God wants. And he is relentless. And this is why it takes endurance. In a minute, we'll talk about some things that, that'll help us endure better and how we can encourage each other. But I have one more reason why this is important. And that's this, some of the good things that we've been working on for the past six months may not seem to be making much difference. I mean, it's not only that things might be harder than we thought, and We may face opposition. It's just that some of the things we've been working on, we've been trying to do this for six months. It doesn't seem to be making much difference. And if you don't know this verse, here's a great verse from the Old Testament. Zechariah 4.10. Don't despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Zechariah was a prophet and a priest who had gone back to Jerusalem from Babylon. He'd been in captivity. His parents had been taken into captivity. He came back as a young man. And the Lord tasked him to make sure that the temple was rebuilt in Jerusalem. But the temple they were rebuilding was only a smaller, it was kind of a shadow version of the temple that Solomon had built back in the glory days. And when they laid the foundation for it and people saw how small it was gonna be, it wasn't gonna be near as elaborate. Some of the older people had remembered, who'd come back remembered what the old temple had looked like. They wept aloud and the Lord, reminded Zechariah of this, don't despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Can we read that verse out loud together, please? Do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I mean, the people have been back for 10 years. They've been delayed by all kinds of opposition. Everything we've talked about here, discouragement, opposition, fatigue, And Zechariah is encouraged by the Lord, just start, just start. I'll take care of this. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he was telling them they put a lot of stock in whether Paul was their favorite preacher or another guy named Apollos was their favorite preacher. And when Paul wrote a letter to them, he reminded them of this. He said, look, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. So it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And the one who plants and the one who waters work together, (coughs) excuse me, with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. And Paul says, when you begin a task that the Lord commits to you, in this case, he had planted that church in Corinth there. He said, look, I planted the seed Apollos came along, and for years he'd been teaching them. He's been watering it, but God's the one who makes the seed grow. When God calls us to task, it's like planting a seed in the garden. If you go out and dig it up 12 hours later, nothing will have changed. You got to plant it and let it grow. If I go work out this week, on the first day I work out, I come home, look in a mirror, no change. Second day, look in the mirror, Still no change. But if you keep doing that for six months, there's a change. But we have to keep going, not give up. And too often, because we don't see a difference in six days or six weeks or even six months, we give up. I mean, thank God the Alperts didn't give up, right? They hung on. What is God calling you and me to do? Maybe we've faced opposition. Maybe we've faced fatigue. Maybe it's just much harder than we thought. Maybe it seems like we're not making much of a difference. Today, I want to remind us that in the Christian life, we need endurance. We don't need to give up. The Lord will help us and he'll strengthen us. So here are three ways, three things we can do to increase our endurance. First of all, we can encourage and warn each other. Encourage and warn each other. Where do you get that idea? First Thessalonians 5.14. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, and take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. So today, if you are discouraged, I hope I'm encouraging you today. To encourage, by the way, means to give courage so you can keep going. If you're lazy, I hope this is a shove in the right direction. I would love to see us all get started, even if the results are small. If you're timid and you need a hug, I'll be on the next to the door on the way out. I'd love to give you a hug. I'm serious. I mean, we need discernment on this. And you can write discernment in the margin there. This is one of the things we pray for. We pray that God will give us discernment as we do this. I'll never forget a few years ago, I get invited when there are um, dinners a lot of times here in the city. I get invited to say the prayer at these dinners. And a few years ago, uh, Nick Saban was in town Speaking, Thank you. Nick Saban was in town speaking at a a banquet. And after he finished, they had time for a couple of questions. And this was like 10 years ago. And and somebody asked him the question. The previous fall, uh, he had let A.J. McCarron have it. They were playing Mississippi State, and they were up like 30 to 3. It was late in the fourth quarter, and A.J. McCarron threw an interception. Mississippi State ran it back for a touchdown, made it 30 to 10. And Nick Saban met him on the sidelines and just lit him up. And um, there were people, and someone in the audience had asked the question, Why'd you do that to AJ? I mean, the game was well out of hand. Did you really need to be so hard on him? And the person who was selecting the question said, You don't have to answer that. He goes, Oh, no, I want to answer this one. And it was really fun to me to see how he answered it because <laughs> he said, Look, I get paid a lot of money to coach this team. And the reason people pay me that money is so I can make good decisions. One of the decisions I need to make is how to handle my players. Some of my players are really fragile and I need to care for them. Some of them are not. And he goes, I want to remind you, he said, I want you to trust me on this, that AJ McCarron's ego is not fragile, okay? (laughs) And the whole place busted out laughing and you did not. But anyway, the uh... but he said, look, this guy needed a push. He's going to be in game situations. He was a freshman at the time. I'm going to put him in pressure situations. I want him to take every opportunity seriously. Well, now, if a football coach knows that, you and I need to know that. God is working on you and me. Let me encourage you today that some of that, we're going to look at some verses in a second here. God is shaping our character through difficulties. He is working on you and me. And sometimes when we go through hard times, we, he's going to bring people into our lives who are going to push us even harder. I remember when my kids were playing basketball and the football coach would fuss at them and they'd say, dad, the football coach was riding me really, I mean, the basketball coach was riding me really hard today and, uh, you know, I just don't like it. And I said, son, well, here's what's important. Be glad he's riding you. If he ever stops riding you, it means he doesn't think you have, it, have what it takes to make you any better. I mean, what if you and I thought about it that way? What if you and I thought about that when we face difficulties, God is sharpening us. And what if we encouraged each other? And it's going to take discernment again. Sometimes it means we need to be gentle. Sometimes it means we need to warn. Hebrews 3.13, you must warn each other every day while well, it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Man, it's easy to get our head turned around. Everybody else's life looks easier. Everything else looks green. The pasture looks greener on the other side of the fence. Mm -mm. If God has called us to something, let's stay with it. And one of the ways we can do that is encourage and warn each other. A second way we can build up our endurance is we can meditate on God's truth. I mean, every passage that I've cited here today comes straight out of scripture. It's in a point. We talk about it all the time. The Bible is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. This is our guide. And the reason why that's so important is, as we grow down and put our roots down into a relationship with the Lord, and we study his word, and we meditate on it, he changes the way we think. Even about our problems. Even about our opportunities. He keeps us away from pride, keeps us away from fear, and he pulls us toward himself. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. This is Paul in Colossians 2, 7. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Man, if you and I can spend time meditating on God's truth, it's life-changing. I mean, listen to one of the verses we're talking about here, Romans 5. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develop strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. This hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I mean, as we put our roots down into the Lord here, he's going to show us these things. And then all of a sudden, as we meditate on that, we realize, well, that's what's happening. I mean, I went through that hard time, But that hard time showed me some really bad attitudes, some sinful habits, some old fears and hangups that I don't need to embrace anymore. And now I can actually thank God that I went through this difficulty because I don't act that way anymore. Has anybody ever experienced this where you went through a really hard time, but later on looking back at it, you go, that was probably one of the things that was most helpful to me in my career. Has anybody ever experienced this before? Well, that comes with wisdom. That comes with time. That comes with trusting in the Lord. And when we spend time with him and trust him, our relationship with him grows. And our faith grows because then we can see, well, he walked me through that difficulty. He walked me through that difficulty. I learned this here. I learned that there. You know, now I'm facing another difficulty. I'm just going to trust him this time instead of belly aching and having a pity party about it. When I went through that, I talked to everybody I knew. When I went through that, I just got all depressed and down. This time, I'm going to trust him. I mean, what if that's you and me in the rest of 2022? What if God is helping us start a 12 year project this year? What if it's going to be harder than we thought? What if we even face opposition? Will we trust him or will we just complain? You know, if God gave us success all the time, it would just just make us have the big head. It would just make us prideful. But when we trust him and he walks us through the hard times, it purifies us, helps us get rid of those things, and it strengthens our character by building up the things in our lives that we really need. So a third thing we can do is we can pray for each other. We can encourage and warn each other. We can meditate on God's truth and we can pray for each other. What will we pray for? Well, we pray for the wisdom. Do I need to warn you? Do I need to hug you? Do I need to give you a kick in the rump? What do I need to do? That's one of the things we can pray for. Here's another thing we can pray for. This is from 2 Thessalonians 3. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you, and pray too that we'll be rescued from wicked and evil people. Because not everyone is a believer. I mean, when we pray for each other, we're acknowledging that, hey, we live in a fallen world. We're we're trying to be bright lights in a world of darkness. We're trying to be people who show people what it means to love God. And we're gonna need protection here and we need to pray for each other on that. I pray for protection on this building. I pray for protection for you, the people who come here. I mean, there are times when I come out here and walk around this place on Saturdays. I walk around this place other times during the week and I pray for everybody who enters here that God would speak to you and that he would send us out of here and give us a little bit more boldness this week. Did open our minds to something we'd never considered before so that when we walk out of here, we go, I learned something. I'm going to pass that on to a friend or my sister or my brother or my dad, whoever. Listen to this. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. If that's good news, would you say amen? amen. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command you may the lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of god and the patient endurance that comes from him. I mean this is what paul was writing about. Look, paul knew what it was like. 5 times the jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. 3 times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 3 times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift in the sea. Paul knew what it was like. He said, "I pray for you that you'll endure" Don't give up. But you, dear friends, this is Jude 1, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. And in this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. We need to pray and build each other up. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So today... I want to spend a few minutes in prayer. Maybe God has been speaking to you already. Even as I've been talking about something, you're going, you know, I don't need to give up on that. You might have come here today and realized, oh my goodness, this has all been set up for me. I was ready to give up on this relationship. I was ready to give up on serving in this ministry. I, I was ready to give up on something that I think is so important because it was way harder than I thought. Well, just realize we're all in this together and God wants us to encourage and build each other up today. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, as we come to you today. We come before you and ask that you would give us strength this day so we can accomplish the good things you have in store for us. Father, you would guide us exactly along the path we need to go. And then you'd give us the conviction to stand firm when we need to stand firm. But Father, some of us are facing opposition at work when we take a stand for what's doing what's right as a Christian. People might be laughing at us and mocking us. If so, Lord, I pray that you would give us courage and boldness, and you'd remind us to even pray for the people who aren't being kind to us. Father, some of us, this is just way harder than we thought. We thought this would be something where We'd have a conversation or two, but now this has turned into a long-term project. And oh God, we just pray for endurance. Father, some of us, as we've gone through some difficulties, some things have surfaced in our lives that we don't like. Our temper, or our tongue, or our massive insecurity. And God, now that you've shown us these things, would you show us what to do with these things? And some of us, Lord, we just want to know how we're supposed to encourage somebody else. Would you give us the right words? Lord, we thank you that you are always more ready to listen than we are to pray. And we come before you now that you would show us how to build each other up. We pray for protection from the evil one. Lord, I pray for your protection from the evil one over everyone in the sound of my voice. I pray that you would send your angels to encamp around us and protect us and you would thwart the plans of the evil one so he would not be able to get us discouraged so we give up or get us fearful and afraid so we don't even start. If the Lord spoke to you about something today, would you just pray about it right now and just say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you. And now would you pray for one other person you know who's terribly discouraged right now? Somebody ready to give up. Would you just pray for them? Tell the Lord. The Lord knows who you're talking about. Oh, God, would you help them? They're so tired. They're so discouraged. They're so afraid. They're beat up, Lord. Would you please help them? Oh, Heavenly Father, please hear our prayers. We pray these things in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.